This is Tom Fox. Over the next several episodes, Professor Karen Woody and myself are going to take the Woody Report in a different direction. We're going to take a look at the great HBO series Succession Season 4. We're going to dissect it and give you the synopsis. And then Karen and I are going to talk about how it fits into the cultural milieu, what it means for securities law and other laws as the Logan family goes through its throes of whether to have succession or not. I know you'll enjoy this series. Today we take up episode 10, the season finale, with open eyes. This episode opens with Kendall still trying to secure board votes to block the Gojo deal. He and Shiv end up at Caroline's estate in the Barbados, where Roman is recovering from his wounds. Shiv has been with Matson, who laughs about a magazine article which shows Shiv pulling his strings, but it portends what will happen in this episode. While they are in Barbados, Tom has dinner with Matson, and Matson uh, makes him a or gives him a challenge where he basically says, if I sleep with your wife, will you still be the CEO? And Tom, of course, passes the test, and Matson offers him the position. Greg finds out about this and tips off the siblings uh, that, or rather tips off Kendall, that Shiv will not be Matson's CEO. Uh, After a stunning scene on this issue, the siblings agree to let Kendall take over, forming a voting block. When they return to New York, Shiv learns that Tom has been chosen as CEO, and the siblings move to sway the board. It comes down to a 6-6 tie over whether or not to sell Waysar Royco to Gojo, with only Shiv's vote left. However, Shiv has some serious second thoughts, leaves the room. Kendall and Roman follow her for an incredible scene, and Shiv announces she will not vote to block the deal. Kendall has a complete meltdown, attacks Royco. All of this is in front of the other board members. The deal goes through. Tom is appointed CEO as the... Episode ends, the three are shown each with their own thoughts. Shiv is with Tom in his vehicle. Roman accepts that he and his siblings were never worthy successors, and a devastated Kendall contemplates his future. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Karen Woody back for the Woody Report, the Succession podcast editions. And Karen, we're at the end. So the final episode 10, where do you want to start? Gosh, I think we should just get through this, maybe chronologically. There's so much. And I will say, I guess, before we get into the details, Overall, I think a satisfying ending. It's brutal to not see this come back for a final season after where we left it. It's a cliffhanger, but overall an incredible show. 
frankly, I thought they nailed it as, as well as they could have. So why don't you take off then at the start? Okay. It really well, got you going. Sure. I, the thing that stuck out to me was in the beginning of trying to explain to Matt, she's very much taking control. She's, I think, making clear that she can step in as CEO. I don't know if we would say bossing him around, but laying out the game plan to get the board votes. And at the same time, Matson's sort of ruminating over this cartoon, I guess, that had been in some sort of trade magazine or maybe something like the New Yorker. I couldn't realize he was. But you could tell he's a little miffed maybe by the cartoon, which shows shivs larger than life, almost using Matson as a puppet as opposed to the other way around. And I guess that was the first tell that we got that this was not going great between the two of them. And so that one I thought was interesting. And Matson doesn't, I think, want to be seen as someone who is not in control at all. And that cartoon either rankled him or whatever the issue is. He says, of course, there's no big deal. It's not anything. He thinks it's funny. But of course, I don't think that ended up being really the case. So I would say the beginning, other than those sort of few scenes, unless I'm missing something you want to chat about, Tom, is really when the kids all get together at mom's house in the, I think it's the Caribbean. And I don't actually totally know. Barbados. Okay. So that is where Roman is hiding out post being beaten up by the mob in the street after his father's funeral. He still is wearing literally the scars of that. And Shiv realizes that's where he is because her mom calls her. And then Kendall also arrives later. I don't totally remember how Kendall learns that is where Roman is, but I don't think it's because Caroline called Kendall, unless I'm recalling that wrong. But for whatever reason, the three siblings end up down in the Caribbean hashing out who is going to be king really on this. At this point, everyone knows that Shiv is on Team Matson and is hoping to ascend to the CEO throne via the Matson Gojo deal. But at this point, things fall apart. Kendall knows on good authority that Matson's going to go with a different CEO. He tells Shiv and it all falls apart. So we see this moment where I think it was a really beautiful set of scenes where the siblings come back together and realize that maybe if they unite together, they can, they can still get what they want. So yet again, we have this almost another circle back to the, maybe the three of us can link arms and kill this deal, somehow regain, retain control. But there's a lot in that, those, in that section about when they're down in, in the Barbados that I'm curious to think what your reaction was about those scenes, about the siblings coming back together, the sort of silliness they had on this childlike sort of reunion in some ways. I, I, it was a beautiful set of scenes, but I don't, I'm curious to know what your reaction was, if you thought that was realistic or not. Let me go back a little bit towards the start because I thought the magazine article was either in Vanity Fair or the New Yorker, but I thought that was a symptom because I thought, I didn't think Matson was ever going to give up control and that he'd made up his mind a long time ago and he was slick enough to, because he's never committed or I'd never heard him commit. Whenever she asked, he's, well, we can talk about that. Yeah. And or Shiv didn't hear no, so she assumed that meant a yes. Mm. And so I thought she was on pretty thin ice. As it turns out, the reason, actually, I put a little more stock into it, and maybe that's Men of Ramar's logic, where he talks to Tom yeah. at dinner and basically says, I want to sleep with your wife. 
But if she's the CEO, that's going to cause problems. I've already got one problem along those lines. I'm not sure I bought that as a reason to bring Tom in, but like I- that was one of the most uncomfortable scenes, which is saying a lot over the, I think the course <laughs> of this entire show. Yeah. Because so, it was real. I don't know if he was serious. I think there's some discussion about if he really was serious. Maybe he is. Like you said, Martin, like maybe he wants to sleep with everyone. But if anything, it was a test of Tom or Tom, are you going to, am I going to, I'm going to put to you that I want to sleep with their wife and see if you still put up with it and you still do whatever for power. And Tom passed the test of saying, sure, whatever you kind of thing. So I thought that was disgusting and terrible. And one of the worst we've seen of just straight misogyny and power play, like at the expense of women that, that I thought was a really hard scene. And I'm with you on, I don't know that it, I think that's why Tom got picked. I don't think Tom necessarily on his own could stand up. I think it was Matson saying you were entirely mine. And this is the test of that. Like you would do anything that I ask. So that was my two cents, but I think we'll get to that. Go ahead. So I agreed with it. It was the test and perhaps it was always the ultimate test, but Tom passed with flying colors. And I think he was completely serious. Like, oh, let me see, sleep with my wife, get the CEO job, sleep with my wife. Sleep with my wife. Okay. I have an answer for you. And we all know what that answer was or is. I was really intrigued when Shiv's mother called her and she says, one of your brothers not named Kendall <laughs> is here. Because Shiv kept saying, I'm really, really busy, mom, really busy, mom, really busy, mom. I don't have time for you, mom. And that's when she says, when one of your, one of your brothers not named Kendall is here. Well, that got her attention. And she didn't go down there to help her brother out. She went down there to persuade him or get his vote. I think Kendall found out because Eva told Hugo. Oh, okay. And Hugo told Kendall, I think. Nevertheless, they get down there and the first part where she brings that snarky, snarly worm of a husband in to try to pitch some deal to them at dinner, that was just perfect yeah. for both of them, the mother and the her husband. But they ditch him to go out and talk. And that's, I think, when Shiv tells them she's it, I'm going to be the CEO, except that Kendall knows that's not true. And he knows it's not true because Greg has called Kendall and Greg and Matson are big drinking buddies slash Coke buddies now. And I didn't know that, although it makes sense, you can have a translation app on your phone. He translates what they're saying in Swedish to English and figures it out pretty quickly and gets that information to Kendall. And I'd say Kendall is much better with information than Tom. Tom has to belittle you before you can give him the information so that it makes the information seem smaller. Kendall's like, name it, buddy. Make your play. Yeah. What you got for me? If right. it's good enough, you got it. And I find that much more refreshing than Tom. But anyway, so Kendall gets there and Shiv tells them she's it. And Kendall completely dissuades her of it. And the, some of the greatest acting I've seen Sarah Snook do was the look on her face. Even before she said anything, it was just complete betrayal, bewilderment, just everything, every negative emotion you could imagine. When it finally dawns on her, the horse I've been back and just kicked me right in the head. Yeah. And uh, so then it switches over to, okay, 
if it can be us, who should it be? And I thought that scene was brilliant too. And the brilliance was Roman and Shiv realizing that it it had to be one and it had to be Kendall. Whether or not the other two have the chops to do it, I, I think it always had to be Kendall. And so I love that scene. The next scene where they swim out to the, I guess you would call it a raft, a few yards out into the Caribbean, where Shiv says, we thought about murdering you. Uh Uh-huh. I love that too. Roman, interestingly, is afraid of being eaten by sharks, which speaks to a level of paranoia I had not seen in him before, because there are things that live in the water. And then they get to that fabulous scene of a meal fit for a king. And I think that was the first time in four seasons we saw that sort of brother and sisters together, or brothers and sister together, and they really do love each other. Even when 30 to 60 seconds pre or post, they're trying to kill each other. Sure. (laughs) They do. And you're right. That was as touching a scene as I've seen, I recall, in the four seasons of Succession. And I thought, I know something's about to blow up. I don't know if it's going to blow up here, but right now I'm going to enjoy this because I really like seeing them as brother and sister. And I've had a few of those with my sister over the years. And so everybody who's got siblings knows you can want to wring their neck and hug them at the same time. So that was, I really enjoyed that. No, I agree. There were some poignant moments where you realize this is great for now, but it's setting up to realize how terrible it will be. The first was, I think when Shiv said, I won guys, I won. This this is over. We've got the votes, which you know was that is its own curse of curse in its own way that if you're that cocky going in, we've seen Kendall be that way and it never works out. So we knew when she was crowing about that was going to not come to pass. And sure enough, within minutes, Kendall realizes that it's not going to, but the same way in that really beautiful scene where they are all are having a good time. They're clearly replaying some tradition from their childhood or something they know about where that's something they've done. And again, another beautiful writing twist where they don't need to explain that they've done this before or that this is a tradition. It's just all inherent in the way it is in real time without a flashback or anything like that. It was really sweet. But yeah, you know that this, it feels like a horror movie in the sense you're like, this is going too well right now. And we know that means it's going to set us up for some major blowups, but I don't know if I fully appreciated or understood what that blow up was going to be or how big it was going to be. The only other thing I will say, like a tiny note, I didn't know how believable it was that all three of them are there the day before the vote, the board vote, where they're still scrambling for votes. That all seemed beyond precarious that they all get on a plane for however many hours to, or maybe it's not that far, but I still was like, how in the world are they able to pull that off and then tell their mother they would stay for dinner? The whole thing, I thought this is a bit of a stretch, but I'll put that aside because it was such a, it was so worth it for those scenes of them bonding. But then we get to the board vote. <laughs> Before we get there, though, I want to, I did have one thing I wanted to ask you. And I thought it was really quite touching, which was that Roman went to his mother's house mm. to try and heal. And I don't know, you know I don't know if it's because it's as basic as running home to mom. It's a safe space to be around mom. She's not going to criticize me for what happened, whatever the reason. I found it, very tough. That was 
what he viewed at as one of his lowest moments as a safe haven. Sure. And I think she fulfilled that right up until the time she called Jeff, said, hey, your brother's here. But I really thought that was touching because of all the grief the kids have had with their mother and that whole relationship. When Roman was at his absolute lowest, that was a place he could go. So that I thought that was cool to have that in there too. Yeah, I think another one that seemed a little bit out of step with what, how they've discussed their mother, how close they were with her or not. But I think we could spend an entire season trying to unpack the psychology of Roman Roy and especially vis-a-vis his parent figures, <laughs> even down to his love affair with Jerry, who could be as old as his mother. I think there's a lot to do to unpack there, but I think it's that's that says a lot about how that's also where he would where he decide to go or run to. Okay, yeah, but I, and that's a good point. They spend the night and they fly back on separate jets uh, back to the mainland for the board meeting. So you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. And I, again, we saw this coming and I actually didn't see it coming at all. And down to when they realized when they were going to go around the room and do each person's vote, there were a few times, even before we get to Shiv, which I have to say, I didn't expect Shiv to be the vote. It all makes sense after the fact, but I, I felt my blood pressure rise a little bit with the Stewie vote. And then as I kept going around, I thought all these are a little bit dicey. There could have been anyone who flipped for whatever reason. Like even I think Hope Davis's whoever that character she plays with her sort of infirm father, when she said she was voting for the deal, I was like, wait, was she? I couldn't remember what the count was, but I remember thinking, oh, this is going to get really close. And then it comes to Shiv. So Roman again votes with Kendall, and then Shiv. So it's the six six, and it comes down to Shiv, who aptly named <laughs> Shiv's her brother. Uh, yeah, and I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. I think the calculus, when I thought about this for however long I thought about that after the fact, I think her calculus was, I either go with the devil I know, which is Kendall, or I am the person married to the CEO, which I thought was a bit of a risk too, because I don't know if she knew. I don't. I was surprised up until they named Tom that Matson actually named Tom. I thought that was another play by Matson. I thought it could have been some random tech bro he decided to name, but. The fact that he actually named Tom, I wasn't sure that was necessarily going to happen, but I think that's Shiv's calculus. She says, I go with my brother, who I don't know if I totally trust, or maybe I go with the father of my child here. Who I thought that was maybe what was going through her mind about what her future looks like. I don't know. What did you think about that? I didn't think that till they got in the car. Yeah. She got in the car with him. At that point, I did come to that. I thought... I took her at her word that when she said, Kendall, you've killed someone, you either don't deserve this or you're just, you don't, you're not cut out for it. And I thought it was just that basic Hmm. that his character defects are untreated and so grave that if given that power, something much worse would happen than what he already did. So I can put it in compliance speak. I did my due diligence on the proposed CEO. I found something in his past. I think that Pat, that has been untreated or not resolved or not dealt with. I think it's an indication that in some situation in the future, there's likelihood he's done it again because he's done it in the past. So that's advanced recovery speak. 
for those listening who know what I just said. And that is, that's because that's who I am. And that's the lens I view things. And he's a untreated drug addict and he's not using, I'm not saying that, but the underlying problems, which led to him becoming an addict at some points during these four seasons are untreated. And unless they're treated, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through a 12 step program or whatever it is, there's a very good chance that it'll happen again. So that's a lens I tend to see things through because of my journey. And that's what I thought, but then it gets wild. I, that, it was off the rails at that point. To your point, like if there was any, if there was ever a moment that proved that it was an untreated situation is the next few moments of that scene, which is through glass doors visible, I think, to the board. It was, it was wild. You're right. <laughs> so first Kendall denies he said it. Then he says, I may have said it, but I didn't mean it. I was trying to impress someone. And she's WTF guy. You admitted you murdered someone. And you're right. Not only did they see it, there was a couple of shots from the boardroom where they could hear it. And if there was any, Kendall had any chance to redeem himself, he completely lost it during the, that short snippet. And then he moves. I thought his best argument was literally, this is what I was made to do. Please don't deny me this opportunity. And I love the line, I'm a cog built for one machine. And then he moves from there to begging. And the other line, which I could not believe, he said, I'm the eldest brother. Which isn't actually <laughs> true in terms of Logan's. There was a wild line that even Roman says about you're not really, which I missed, which made him really snap. It was something about suggesting his, who his parents were, something I had missed. And I thought, is this from a previous season I had totally missed? But We absolutely have to talk about that. Yeah, because- I- I didn't know what that was. Because <laughs> my wife and I went round and round about this. I The line was, this, it was set up by one of them saying Shiv was going to carry the bloodline forward. And Kendall says, what do you mean? I have two children. And then Roman says, I thought he said, those children are not yours. The first one, oh. you two artificially inseminated and the second one was and he named off it was some other person my wife thought exactly what you thought that no he was referring to kendall's fatherage or parentage and that kendall wasn't really a roy but that didn't make sense to me because even if logan was not his father i think we believe who his mother is or whatever it is. And then Roman says, that's what dad always said. And that was completely in character for Roman. But if that had been me and I'd brought that out, I wouldn't have said somebody else said that. I would have said, pointed my finger and said, that's, that's true. And at that point, Kendall completely melts down and physically attacks his brother. So tell me about your interpretation of that. That I still don't know. Yeah, I remember that being the thing that made him step. So it makes sense that maybe it was a dig about his kids. That isn't either one. But I thought, I was like, is this a whole huge storyline? We didn't know that maybe there was some question about who is the father of Kendall. And yeah, like I, that, 
sort of came out of nowhere. And I, it was so intense and there was so much happening that I forgot to circle back and be like, what was that? So that was intense. I, the thing about this is that I was a little surprised given how nasty this has been between the three of them about who would be, who would be the CEO. I was surprised this had never come up before. Like this moment, all of a sudden Shiv was like, wait a minute. Remember that time you told us this thing? Even down to at the pool at, in at their mother's complex, it seemed like, how did that not, how's this just now coming up of her saying, wait a minute. And so, but I, maybe that is exactly how it would have happened that they made all these logical comments and were thinking in real time. And then ha- she had the thought of, gosh, if this is true, yeah, there's some serious character flaws. And then, like I said, it all bears out. He obviously has some significant character flaws down to nearly choking out his brother in front of the board, which, yeah, it goes to show how overly wrought Kendall is or overly keyed up he is about this job, about this is his whole life, which certainly is the what is alluded to in the final scene about Kendall and thinking about what his life will be or has been up until this point. And so, yeah, we see, I think, another break. You know, from the get-go, Kendall's been a wild card, at least in terms of his ability to be stable. I agree with you that he did seem to be the most likely one to carry the the banner forward for the Roy family. But yet, he also has some of the biggest millstones around his neck, if you will, about how he has a lot of baggage and has a lot to still reckon with. So, the ending... How satisfied were you with that? And then moving forward to Tom. Yeah, I was not very satisfied only because, like I said, I was so grossed out by the misogyny of it and the reasoning, the I pick you because you're the guy who put the baby in the girl that almost got it. Like it just was so gross, but sadly realistic in some ways that was hard to swallow. But like I said, I think I would have been almost more satisfied if it was a totally random person. I know the whole entire Twitter screen, everyone else would have erupted if there was some dark horse that no one had known. So I get that they, for the story reasons, we had to keep it as it was. And it makes sense. He's the head of ATN. He certainly, I think, is capable. I thought it was a little tricky because, especially because of some of the banter between Tom and Greg this whole season. And we've talked about that, especially even in the Wasabi scene. Things where they've seen in some places like nearly comic relief, I think we've forgotten about Tom having any chops. And maybe that's actually the point. Matson is, the writers wrote it so that it looks like Tom actually doesn't maybe have a ton of chops and Matson wants that. If that makes sense. Shiv might've been a little too strong. And so maybe that was the point, but I was a little disappointed being like, wait, that guy got it? Like he seemed like a bit of a buffoon for half of this. Not that, I think he, there probably are many scenes where he shows that he could do it, but. Yeah, I was a little bit like, oh, but then I think that might have been part of the story, which is Matson wants a puppet. So, yeah, so that was interesting. And as far as the ending, I know there have been some discussions that there had been maybe alternative endings that Kendall maybe does jump when he's looking at whatever the Hudson River, whatever he is. And with Kyle and the bodyguard watching over him, I think that is supposed to maybe be what we are assumed to think he might do. But I kind of, I like that was, we were left wondering about that for sure. But yeah, it was, that was interesting. And then of course the Tom and Shiv in the car were like, what a powerful image and tricky, tricky scene to film, tricky thing, hard to swallow. Again, the gender role of that, of her just them becoming sort of the wife to a CEO. I, if they were going to stay together, it, that was, it was a lot, but it was, again, wonderful storytelling. 
So let me start with Shiv in the car, because that's when I thought she has made this calculus. She is as near as she will ever be to power, even closer than she was with her father. She will have his child. She will be the mother of his child. He will owe her for that. And she will get something, whether it's his ear, whether it's money, mm-hmm. whether it's power. But I think that was the coldest, most steely calculation of the series when she put her hand on top of his. But he put his hand down. And so I found that incredibly powerful. What I was interested in was the Kendall-Roman, in my mind, dichotomy. One has a drink and one doesn't. And while I would have expected it to be Kendall, it was not. It was Roman in a bar, completely alone, drinking the first of, no doubt, many martinis, where there was little to no vermouth in the martini. And that, to me, is as lonely as one can be. I know what that's like. Kendall, he thinks his life is over. And you're right. I thought he was going to jump in. He was on Battery Park. So it's right on the confluence of the Hudson and East Rivers. And I thought he was going to jump. They showed his bodyguard. And then they seen shot out to the water again. And then I think, no, he's not going to jump. He is. He's going to move on from this. And he's probably going to be in a much better place than Roman. Even if he's devastated right now, I think he's going to survive. So mm. that was my take on the end. That's interesting. And I, this is why I'm so sad there's not a next season or even just like a flash forward because it is going to be so fascinating to see where they end up. These fictional characters that have become part of our lives. I had assumed that Roman's one shot of his sort of wry smile at the end was a smile of relief of a this is just done and I think it's sad in some ways and Roman is a very sad character for a number of reasons but I thought that was actually ironically maybe not the martini but a little bit of a healthier response I had a little bit of maybe the opposite take than you which is Roman is letting go and being like that was not something I ever really wanted that was that was what was killing me and I'm out I'm gonna just have this martini and live my life and whatever Whereas Kendall can't imagine what I think his life is without this thing. I think the like entire idea that he's watching the sunset, the metaphor of a sunset on the Roy family, whatever this is, he really was in much more despair than Roman at that point. But I would love to, like I said, it would be so funny to see where the writers or anyone would have taken that or those two characters from that scene or if there was some note or something about what the backstory was to those two scenes but those are the way i had read those two but yeah i like that there's so much room for interpretation in the way they finished this i was i thought they nailed the ending i thought it was as good a final episode i won't say it was my favorite episode because that will always be connor's wedding because i thought that was perhaps the greatest acting in one television episode i'd ever seen but i thought they nailed it i loved the ending i loved the whole setup, I guess I hadn't realized when they did the dinner fit for a king, you're right, that was some childhood, something they'd done Mm because they immediately knew what they all three were talking about so that there was really the familial love I saw in that scene I thought was really touching, but 
I loved everything else. If we, think, if we can think back of other iconic HBO or any network, I think finale, everyone is a little disappointed, mostly maybe for the ending being the ending. We think of the fade to black Sopranos or like you name it. There's always something. I do think this kept up with sort of tradition in that the penultimate episode last week with the funeral was better than the finale in terms of a lot of things. I feel like there's a lot of buttoning up that was well done, but I think it's, you're right. Nothing that could ever compare to Connor's wedding, but I, on a whole, think of all the great discussions and legal points and sort of other things that have come up from this incredible four seasons. And I'm glad I got to be on this podcast with you to discuss it. It's been way too much fun. I'm not sure when we'll get to do this again, but I'm going to always cherish this. So thanks again. Thanks, Tom. Hope you've enjoyed these episodes of the Woody Report, the Succession podcast, as much as Karen and I have enjoyed watching these shows and doing this podcast together. It's been a ton of fun. I would like to let you know that the Everything Compliance Gang is going to take a its dive into succession in an upcoming episode, so I hope you will uh, check that episode out when it comes out. The Woody Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review to this great podcast wherever podcasts are listened to. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to visiting with you again. <laughs>